They say you can't go back, but they are wrong. I was here 22 years ago in this church, so I relate more to Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator, who said, I'll be back. That's exactly right. And here I am. Um, Pastor Jeff took me under his wing when I was an intern for uh, studying to be a pastor at Fuller Seminary. And uh, listen, I found yesterday, literally uh, in the garage, we were cleaning up and found a cassette tape of uh, a sermon I gave here uh, 22 years ago. Let me just say, wow, you are a gracious and uh, brave group of people to have me back. So I'm just glad I don't have a cassette player uh, so I can't hear myself. Um, and uh, this was a great place for us and for me because, as I said, we lived here. We lived at Cooner in L.A., so way over in the corner. And uh, when we left here, we looked like this. And uh, when that just last month, Christmas Eve, we looked like this. So there's Carolyn in the middle. Annie is on her right, and Emily is there between us. So um, it's, it's exciting. I'm glad to be here. We moved from here uh, to San Diego uh, to be an associate pastor. I did just about everything associate pastors can do. I did uh, men's ministry, singles ministry, small group ministry, large group events, all kinds of things for nine years. And then I moved to the largest Presbyterian church in San Diego to be the executive pastor. And uh, that's where I did... The, Day-to-day, it's a big place, so we had a lot of day-to-day work, administration, management, and whatever the senior pastor didn't want to do, executive pastor does. That's kind of the job description. Uh, And then uh, finished up there, and for the last 16 months have been the interim senior pastor at San Clemente Presbyterian Church. Finished there December 30th, and two weeks later, I'm here. It's it's awesome. I'm just excited to be here. So... Uh, So those people who said you can't go back, well, they're wrong, Uh, but I also want to say they're right. I mean, you you can't go back. Uh, We can't go back to the way things were. I couldn't come back as the beginner, as the newbie, and try to start over that way. Um, So we we can't go back to the way things used to be. For us here and now, we can't go back to Pastor Jeff leading us. Uh, You know, he will uh, maybe visit sometime, maybe he'll even preach, but he'll never lead again. Uh, And while we know that there's, we know in our heads that we can't go back, but there's a part of our hearts that sometimes wish we could. I'm going to guess that not not too long from now, some of you are going to miss him preaching from his tablet and wearing his plaid shirts. Uh, I preach from paper and I don't own a plaid shirt. So, you know, we're going to have to be different. Nostalgia. Nostalgia draws us back to the good old days. Uh, If only we could go back. And um, sometimes we can. When my mom was in her 80s, we took her uh, to Four Winds Girls Camp up on Orcas Island uh, near Seattle. And uh, this is a modern picture, but she w- they ju- looked just like that. It was, she was a camp counselor when she was in college. And for years, she would talk about uh, Four Winds, and she would sing their camp songs. So we had a chance to take her for a visit, and it was awesome. We got there. The staff were so nice. They welcomed her. They said, look around, and we did for about 20 minutes, and then we left. 
I mean, you can go back for a visit, but you can't go back to who we were back then, when, wherever that is. So here, but I want you to do something. I want you to turn to a person beside you, and I want you to share some place you'd like to go back to. It might be for because it was a great vacation spot, or something you remember, some something that made a difference in your life. So here, I'm I'm, I'm training you now. So here's what I'm going to do. You should be able to say this if it was my mom. Don't talk yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, if you're gonna, and you're gonna. If it were my mom, she would say, I'd love to go back to uh, Four Winds Girls Camp. That's one sentence. You get one sentence, okay? And, uh, then, and then the other person gets, so in 10 seconds, I'm coming back. Okay, now, turn and share one place. All right? So wherever that was, whatever that place was, it, it could easily have been so significant for you because it had an impact on your life, because that you had a turning point there, or, or maybe it helped ground you in your faith. And that's what a church like this does as well. This is a place that has those kinds of go-back-to kinds of moments um, for all of us. All of us have favorite things we remember here. Maybe it's a service, that, a special service that you love to be a part of, or a class that you have attended, or maybe it's a special service project that has meant so much to you. So for me, I remember here the Simi Valley Days Parade and, and the church handing out water at that. And so that's a special thing for me. So here I'm going to have you turn back, and in one sentence, I want you to share a one ministry. So for instance, I would say, Simi Valley Days Parade, handing out water. Okay, that's one sentence. So think for a minute, what's one event or service or ministry or program and, uh, that, that has been meaningful to you that you'd say, I, I, wish, I hope we can hold on to this, or we quit doing it, I wish we could do it again, all right? You ready? Ten seconds, five seconds each, turn in one sentence. All right. You got that? So, you know, the people of Israel... They had a moment in their history where they wanted to go back. And we know the story. Uh, they were in bondage for 400 years in uh, Egypt. And they prayed and they asked God and God sent Moses to them. And God, they, he did miracles and he said to Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh finally did. And they got out into the wilderness. But then something surprising happened. Um, you know, when things got rough out there, uh, the people got unhappy with their present and nostalgic about their past and fearful about their future. And they said, we want to go back to Egypt. 
Oh my gosh, we read about it in Numbers chapter 14. So take a look at this. It says, Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Wow. I mean, isn't that something? 400 years in slavery, miraculous you know, release, and the Red Sea parted, and Moses led them on dry land, and then somewhere in the wilderness, their new reality, their new present seemed so frightening, so unfamiliar, uh, so unknown that they plotted to get rid of Moses and get a new leader and go back to Egypt. So people tend to idealize the past and fear the future. And so we tend to believe that the past must be better than the future. But the reality is, uh, you know, the past wasn't perfect. And whether it was or not, regardless of how much we like it or not, we can't go back. Um, for example, Christmas. We all just celebrated Christmas. Every year, Christmas gives us the opportunity to think, oh my gosh, if I could just, if we could just get the right people around the table, the right family members, and the right meal, and the right Christmas movie on television, everything would be better, like it used to be. I don't know about you, but my family of origin, it would not be a good idea to get us all back around the table again, even if we could. Not a pretty sight. Um, and that is not a past I would like to go back to. Um, and I can imagine Moses with the Israelites saying, seriously, seriously, you want to go back to Egypt? Uh, so we can't, but we can hold on to the best of this church. What makes us us and embrace that? What makes Stonebridge who and what it is? The nation of Israel never went back to Egypt, but Every year, ever since, thousands of years, they have celebrated Passover to remember what made them great, what made them the nation, what was most important about themselves. And there are a lot of important things that we get to hold on to. Every program and event and service and ministry that you just described um, holds clues to the very best of this church's heart and soul. And by looking at that past, we will begin to get a glimpse of where God is leading us in the future. So, you know, I'm going to say most of you have never been through a senior pastor transition. And those of you who have, uh, it was 30 years ago. So I've asked the other services, anybody here from the pastor nominating committee that brought Pastor Jeff? Seriously, you would be really old now if, if, if you had done that. <laughs> Right here, okay, you are old, so there you go. But awesome, good job, good job. Once every 30 years, we're going to put you on the next one. So the reality is, is that the people of God, the, the church has been going through change for a long time, basically ever since it began. 
And Scripture has a lot to say to us about change. And we have a lot of good direction that we can follow. And we're just going to take a look at one passage today uh, of, about change. And so let me set it up for you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah wrote to the nation of Israel at a time when, uh, when, you know, it was tough. There were nations all around them attacking them. People of God began to not believe. The, the king was angry at the religious leader, Jeremiah. Jeremiah would bring his prophecies into the throne room, and the king tore them up. And it wasn't like he could go reprint it. You know, it, it, was, took, it was hard to write that stuff up, and, and the king tore it apart because the king had a plan. The king and the leaders thought they knew where they were supposed to go, and Jeremiah's like, I don't think so. I don't think that's where we're going. And so he wrote the book of Jeremiah, and we read in Jeremiah 6.16 a really simple plan. It says, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path, and you will find rest for your souls. It's important for us to know. We are at a crossroads. Through no fault of your own, Stonebridge is at a crossroads. Uh, and how we manage this season will make a profound difference on the future of this church. And while the process is profound, it is not complicated. It's really pretty simple. And so we just take it from this text. The first thing uh, Scripture tells us to do is stop at the crossroads and look around. That's not so hard. It's good for any of us. And at different times in our lives, for organizations, for churches, stop and look around. Take, take a sense of what's going on. Uh, and so, uh, for instance, there's a company, I don't know if you're familiar with Apple, um, <laughs> but they, uh, in the 1980s, Apple was a mildly successful computer company. It was best known for its Mac computers. Did anyone besides me have one of these? This is the computer I had in Simi Valley 22 years ago. And, uh, you know, Apple, along with Adobe, invented desktop publishing. It did not exist before. But Apple was in this battle with PCs for the home market. Nobody had home computers at the time. And it was a losing battle. In 1985, they had 12% of the market. Five years later, less than 10% of the market. They were at a crossroads. They had to take stock. They had to stop and look around and see what was going on. And when they did, they said, wow, PCs have got a corner on the PC market. But Sony has invented an entire new thing, portable music, called the Walkman, right? Now, you look at this, and I know you guys look at it now, and you go, oh, yeah, I recognize that. That's only because of Guardians of the Galaxy and Star-Lord, <laughs> right? Up until three years ago, we hadn't seen one of these in 20 years. I mean, and, and Apple said, we could do that. We could do better than that. And so they invented the iPod, right? At a thousand songs. On, which sounds so quaint today, uh, uh, you know, on this big thing. It, well, I say big, you know, because we're pretty spoiled, but it was about that big and thick. And Anyway, the iPod uh, became the iPhone, and the rest is history, right? Um, computers may, may still be at the heart of Apple, but its heart beats iPhones. And uh, it's the company it is today because at that time, it was at a crossroads, and it stopped and looked around. 
and took a, a sense and assessment of themselves. And we are going to do the same kinds of things. Um, but I just want to say, what an exciting time to be a church, to be an elder, to be a deacon in the church, to be a volunteer and a member of a small group. What an exciting time. Can you imagine working at Apple Computer Company when they, in, when they started shipping music players? Unheard of. But wow, exciting, scary, yes, awesome. And uh, these are exciting days we live in, hopeful days. There's a future. Now, you know, Jeremiah, it's a long book. We're in Jeremiah chapter 6, but you know what comes later, Jeremiah 29, 11, some of our favorite passage. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a future and a hope. There's, there, it's a great time to be here. And um, God has a hope and a future for this church. So we need to stop and look around. And we're going to do that. And then the next thing God tells us, Jeremiah tells us, is ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Right? So ask for the old godly way and walk in it. There, listen, we are not, uh, we don't have to look to our own devices. We, we don't have to come up from scratch. There's a way. It's a godly way, and it's not new. It's old. There's an old godly way for us to move forward together, for us to see and discern direction, and we're going to walk in it. Um, you know, there are lots of new technologies, We obviously, Apple and all of that, and U version. Oh, my gosh, I was introduced to it this week. It's awesome. You should download it if you haven't already. Uh, my wife, by the way, doesn't have a smartphone, and so she, I'm going to tell her she has to get one now and download the version. But, um, you know, there's new technologies, new technologies for hiring pastors and Skyping and all of that sort of thing. But the way of God's direction is an old way, and I know you're familiar with it. When we begin to just talk about it, you're going to go, oh, I recognize that. And one of the things we know about God's way is that God's way always requires faith. Always. Paul said to the Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by sight. And uh, in, in Noah, God goes to Noah and he says, I want you to build an ark and I want you to save your family and a lot of animals. And he told Noah that at a time when it hadn't rained for decades. Noah had to build a boat in a dry land by faith. And Abraham, he goes, God goes to Abraham and he says, I want to take your family and make it a great nation. You'll have children like the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea and, and you, your nation will be a blessing to all nations. Do you know when he, when he told that to Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, his wife, could not have a, could, they couldn't conceive children. He had to follow God by faith. Now, we are, thank goodness, uh, we are not usually asked to take leaps of faith like that. But we are always required to take steps of faith. Steps of faith. Because that's, that's how can you follow God without faith? And so one of the most significant verses in the Bible, I love it, is Psalm 119, 105. And let me encourage you, if you ever think about memorizing a verse, this would be a good one. Number one, it's short. And number two, uh, there's a lot of wisdom in this. So it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, that's familiar. That's one of those that we knit on pillows or put on a wall. But, but have you ever thought about it? How practically does that help us? Well, I think of God's word as God's wisdom, God's direction, 
for us. And what, what that scripture says is that it's like a lamp. Now, you could take an oil lamp or you could take a flashlight. It works the same way. And he says there's, God's word is like two things for us. First of all, it's like a, light, a lamp to our feet. If you point your flashlight down, you get a very clear next step. Just one, not two. Would God ever give us two steps? No, he's only going to give us one. Why? Because why would we give us two if we don't have the faith to take the first one? We have to take one step at a time. So it's very clear, a next step. But as you point that flashlight out, it, it, it's, you can get a direction. You have a sense of where we're going, but you can't see the destination. Now, that's a profound truth about God's directing us in our lives. He gives us a very clear next step, a general direction, and no destination. You know, when he went to Abraham, he said, I want you to go to a place I'll show you. Really? You're not going to tell me where? No, just want you to go. And that's what he's going to invite us to do. Um, just a, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. But it's exciting when you're on that path. Six years ago, I... Uh, began to get a sense, you know what, I think interim ministry is really, it fits my skill set, my experience, my passions, my, my character type. And I went to Carolyn, I said, I'm thinking about interim ministry. And she said, well, that seems to fit, but I'd like to ask you not to give up your job until our girls graduate from college. And I said, well, that's fair. And, uh, but I began to say, so what would be next steps for me to look at? And the very first next step I realized was interim training. They actually train us to do this work. And I looked around. There's interim training all around the country. But uh, one place that uh, teaches it is Zephyr Point Presbyterian Conference Center in Lake Tahoe. And you know what? If you're going to get training, <laughs> just saying. So I went to Zephyr Point, And while I was there, I met the director of the camp and got connected with him. And not very long after, they invited me to be on the board of Zephyr Point. So I took that step. And because I took that step, it got me connected with others, and I began doing more speaking outside of the church. And because I took that step, I met a fellow named Ken Blanchard, who is um, uh, one of the greatest business leaders in the nation. He wrote The One-Minute Manager. So a lot of you, some of you know that. Uh, you're like, that guy's still alive? Yeah, he is. And... Uh, I met him, and because I took that step, he and I got connected, and I was able to author, co-author a book with him. Now, that sounds great, but actually there were like 30 of us, 31 of us, 30 famous people, and me. So, <laughs> but you know what? I got to do it. And because I took that step, uh, when the pastor of that church that I was at retired, Ken and I stepped in and became the leaders of a transition team. So I was the interim senior pastor there. And when the new pastor came, there was a new step for me to take. Guess what I had arrived at? A crossroads. All the next steps were now leading to a crossroads because I could either continue to do what I'd been doing for 10 years and continue to be executive pastor and start over, or I could step out and and t step into interim ministry, which I didn't have an inter interim ministry job. I would have to take a step of? Absolutely. And um, so there's this thing called um, parish associate 
in the Presbyterian denomination. That is a, a highfalutin word for unemployed pastor. <laughs> and uh, so I asked a friend of mine who was a pastor, I said, could I come be a parish associate at your church? And he said, absolutely. He said, you've got to come meet our session, our elders. And uh, so I took that step of faith. I resigned from my position with no job. And before I could meet the elders at that church, I had a call to San Clemente as interim senior pastor. And I did that for 16 months, and now I'm here. So step by step by step, in a general direction, I still don't know what my ultimate destination is, but wow, am I glad I get to spend time here. And I'm, I'm excited, I'm challenged, you know, there's a lot of change. Uh, so I am going to spend five days a week up here, Saturday through Wednesday, go back home. Um, I have hundreds of people to meet. I have new direction to give. So there's a lot of emotions. I'll tell you one thing I don't feel. Anxious. There's no anxiety. Because when you follow God's old way, he doesn't lead you to anxiety. He leads you to peace. And the third uh, thing that Jeremiah tells us is travel that path and you will find rest for your souls. Don't we all need that? <sighs> rest for our souls. I have confidence in our path and in our process. I know God can lead this church. We've already um, much of what we need to find out the direction and much of what we need to know, we already know from some of those things that you've already thought about. So I want you to go back to that thing, that ministry or event that you were thinking of, that service that meant so much to you that you say, I love that we do that, or I wish that we would do that again. And here's what I want you to think about. What is the value of that? What, why? Why is that significant? What does it say about the heart of this church that it does that? Uh, for me, if it was the uh, parade and handing out water at the parade, I'd say this church really connects with its community. It seeks to be engaged in its community. That's a great value. So just take a minute and think about that. Now, I know the introverts in the room are saying, man, I wish you'd stop asking questions. And um, the extroverts in the room are going, pick me, pick me. But I just want you to think about it, okay? Take a moment. What would be that value that makes that that thing was so important to you? got it? All right, so I'm going to take a risk here. I want, I want a couple of you to share what that is. And I want you to, it's just two words, three words. You get more than three words, I'm cutting you off. Because it's, um, it's like uh, loving God, serving others, connecting with the community. All right, so take your thing, edit. My daughter's taught me to edit, so get it down here. Who's got, what, what, what would be some of the things? Yeah. Be of service. Yes. Outreach. Yes. What else? Transformed lives. Can you imagine how many amazing values are represented in you and in this church through things that we have done? Those, guess what those things are? Some of those are the stepping stones along our path. God's not going to lead us in a brand new way that's completely different than what we've already been doing. He's going to, but it's going to, whatever he does is going to take a step of faith, but it's going to seem familiar to us. It's going to resonate with us because ultimately God wants to lead us to where we want to go. How about that? 
God's put in our hearts a, a destination, and, and that destination is following Him, serving Him, and, and He wants the very best for us, like a heavenly father or mother would. Uh, so let me give you an example out of my own life. Anybody remember Chuck E. Cheese at Madeira and L.A.? So we lived at Cooner in L.A., and Chuck E. Cheese was Annie's favorite place when she was two and a half, three years old. So one day we said, well, we're going to take her, you know, and, but we want to surprise her. So we didn't tell her where we were going. And then I always like to make it an adventure. So as we were pulling out of the driveway, I said, Annie, she said, where are we going? I said, well, actually, um, you get to decide. I want you to decide where we go. I'm just going to drive down the street. And when you see something exciting or fun, you say, that's where I want to go. And that's where we'll go. Well, that's great. Now, I think the first piece of this story is actually funny because um, since we don't have a destination, right, uh, we're just driving, and after about a mile, Annie says, I think we're going the wrong way. <laughs> how can you know you're going the wrong way if you don't know where you're going? But that's how we get. We're like, we don't know where we're going, but I'm pretty sure we're going the wrong way. You know what? Just be at peace. It will get there. It'll be okay. So we're driving along and everything's going fine. I'm about a block from Madeira heading west. And I don't know what's there now, but 22 years ago, huge vacant lot on the left. And about two, three blocks over there, there's, I don't know what it's houses or something. But it happened to be my luck that at dusk, it was like one of those carnivals that sets up on weekends was over there. And it had lights and all that and flashing. And I hear from the back seat, Annie, say, Dad, Dad, look at that. Wow, look at those bright lights. That looks fun. Let's go there. And I'm like, great. <laughs> so I, I said to her, absolutely, you're in charge. You, you want to go there? That's where we'll go. Now, I happen to know Chuck E. Cheese is one block up on the right. And so I said, you know, the thing is, Annie, I can't actually get into the left turn lane right now. So I'm going to need to, if it's okay with you, I'm going to go forward for a block and make a U-turn and come back. Would that be all right? Oh, yeah, that's fine. So that's what I do. I go up just as I'm about to make the U-turn. Annie says, Dad, Dad, Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese, let's go there. And I'm like, uh, sure you don't want to go to the bright lights? That's what you had said. No, no, Chuck E. Cheese. So I turn in, and we go to Chuck E. Cheese, her favorite place. And she decided that that's where we would go, to the place I always intended to take her. Now, we could have great Bible studies talking about the sovereignty of God and free will, right? <laughs> but I'm just going to say they go hand in hand. And God wants us to choose the best and, and to choose his best. And he will give us the opportunity to use our own free will. But can I just tell you, how many times in your life have you chosen the bright lights? Have you said, you know, wow, I got distracted. And maybe sometimes we missed what God had in store for us. Let's avoid the bright lights, whatever that turns out to be. And let's head down that old godly road that we walk by faith that we know gives us rest. Um, I want to encourage you to, to stretch your faith muscles. So uh, I'm going to give you a, uh, a little exercise for the week because, you know, maybe some of us, we haven't had to 
reach a crossroads recently. We haven't had to take a, you know, make a decision. We haven't had to find paths by faith. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what is a, a change coming in your life. Maybe, maybe it's a, a crossroads. Maybe it's a year from now. Uh, maybe it's a week or two from now. Maybe it has to do with your health. You need to get something checked or your family. Maybe it's about your job, um, a relationship. Maybe you want to have a closer walk with Jesus. Something and that, that you anticipate maybe there's a crossroads in your life coming up. What I want you to do is think about that, get it in your mind, and then guess what I'm going to ask you to do? Stop at the crossroads and look around. I want you to think about the circumstances that would add to, that would get you to that crossroad or be a part of it. So for instance, for me, well, I'm interested in interim work. I'm, I'm, uh, it, it fits my character and, and my experience, but I have to wait until my daughters graduate. Those are all circumstances. Uh, and then I want you to think about the people that you might, that might be a part of that. And maybe it's people you don't even know yet but people that would help you along the way. So for instance, I didn't know Ken Blanchard at the time. I didn't know the director of Zephyr Point. But if I'd thought about it, I'd have said, you know, if I'm going to be an interim, I probably need, need to meet some people. I probably need to get connected in new ways. And it, begin to think about that. And then invite somebody to walk on this path with you. If you're in a small group, share this stuff. If, you, if you're not, find somebody and say, you know what, I, I have a crossroads coming in my life. And these are some of the circumstances around it, and these are some of the people. Would you pray with me about that? And maybe they have the same kind of thing. Well, listen, it's exciting because where's it going to lead? To the place you want to go back most, to that great place that your heavenly Father says, I'd love to have this for you. Let's avoid the bright lights. Let's head down that path, find rest for ourselves, and God will guide us all in this church to the place we've always wanted to go the place he has planned for us all along.